This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 590. The moment that I took action over the way that I was thinking and the way that I was speaking, probably in 24 to 48 hours, man, I noticed just an immediate change and just like the way that I felt. Like I just didn't feel like there was like a black negative cloud hanging over me, walking around every day anymore. You know what I mean? And it's and it's all me. Like it's nothing anybody else is doing around you. Most times it's you and the way that you're thinking, your surroundings, all of that. And if you're able to like change those things and identify those things, man, you can really like expedite your process to get to the next level. Hi everyone, it's David Green, your host of the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast, the show where we teach you how to build wealth through real estate. If you're looking to have a better life, if you want more freedom, if you want more financial flexibility, if you don't want to worry about money, if you want to feel like you're actually making progress, then you are in the right place. Bigger Pockets is a community of over 2 million members that are all on that same journey for themselves, trying to improve their lives and their finances through real estate and doing it together. We bring lots of ways to help you accomplish that. The website has a forum where you can read about tons of questions that were asked and ask your own questions, amazing blog articles. We have an agent finder system to put you in touch with agents in your area that are familiar with real estate investing. And we have the best freaking podcast in the world when it comes to real estate. Today, we are going to be talking with a very special speaker, Andre Haynes, as well as an amazing asset to your real estate investing journey, my co-host of the show, Henry Washington. Henry, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thank you for having me again. Glad to be back. You know, I always love chit-chatting it up with you, Mr. David. Yeah, and you brought some help with you today. One of your friends is who we're going to be interviewing. He has an amazing story. Can you tell us a little bit about Andre? Yeah, man. Andre has a super inspiring story. Man, it's really a story of, you know, it's a genuine rags to riches story, right? He talks a lot about coming from nothing and had every excuse in the world to not be successful. Right. And even when he pursued one path and didn't find success, didn't let that stop him from finally achieving financial freedom. And so I just, I'm excited for you guys to hear how this young man literally took everything that was formed against him and used it to prosper. That is a great summary of what this is like. This is one of those shows where you're probably not going to be able to multitask. You're not going to be doing other things while this is playing in the background. You're going to be sucked into Andre's story, the adversity that he faced, the way that he handled it. He's very transparent in sharing how he used to think versus what he went through and how it changed the way he thought. And now what he's doing with some of this momentum and synergy to build an empire for himself. So it was an awesome time. And especially if you are a first time investor, someone trying to get your first property or someone who just feels like you're sucked into the undertow of this current market and you're under the ocean doing circles, trying to get your feet underneath you and you can't figure out which way is up. This is a show for you. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Want to dive deep into commercial real estate, entrepreneurship, leadership, and the economy? Tune into the Walker webcast hosted by the CEO of Walker & Dunlop, one of the largest commercial real estate finance and advisory services firms in the nation. 
As an unparalleled leader in commercial real estate, CEO Willie Walker frequently appears as an expert on major platforms like CNBC and the New York Times. He's even been on the Bigger Pockets podcast network too. On the Walker webcast, you'll hear from guests like A-Rod, renowned economist Dr. Peter Linneman, and experts from Walker and Dunlop's capital markets, research, and investment sales groups. So fire up the Walker webcast on your favorite podcast app or join live on Wednesdays to see Willie interact with his guests. Plus, you can always catch the replay on demand afterward. Stay ahead of the curve with insights for life from the Walker webcast. Learn more and subscribe to the Walker webcast at walkerdunlop.com slash pockets. And be sure to follow Walker and Dunlop on all your favorite social media channels too. That's walkerdunlop.com slash pockets. Deciding how to invest your capital can be extremely challenging, especially when the market is constantly changing. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company that has a great track record. The BAM Capital executive team has successfully navigated through the Great Recession, COVID-19, and the current interest rate environment while delivering maximized returns to their partners. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator with over $1.3 billion in transactions, delivering a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. And BAM Capital has consistently paid preferred return distributions for over 50 consecutive months, has not lost limited partners capital, and has not called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital's disciplined investment strategy is targeting undermanaged institutional quality trophy assets throughout the U.S. heartland for accredited investors who are looking for generational wealth building or monthly income opportunities. Their offerings target cash flow stability, capital preservation, long-term appreciation, and accelerated tax benefits. Join BAM Capital's over 1,200 investors across 44 states and get started today at BAMCapital.com. Again, that's BAMCapital.com. And for today's quick tip, check out biggerpockets.com slash podcasts. It's being revamped. So now if you like a show, you can go there and you can find other shows of the same topic listed on that site, as well as more thorough show notes. So if you hear a story like this one and you think, man, I'd love to hear more inspirational stories, you can go there and you can have a list of other podcasts that were similar to that one. We are really ramping things up. So we'd love for you guys to check it out and tell us what you think. All right. That's all I got. Henry, anything you want to add before we bring in Andre? Yeah, man, absolutely. I just really encourage people to to engage with this show, man. It is one of the realest, most raw kind of uncut conversations we had. And, you know, life isn't always pretty, David. And we are all faced with choices at some point. And we can let life circumstances knock us off our path and take us out. Or we can take literally those those life lemons and make lemonades and choose success, no matter your circumstances. Andre's a real guy. He had some real situations and he turned it into real wealth. And so I encourage people to just take a listen and try to put yourself in his shoes. And if you're really just getting started, just like David said, man, what an inspirational story to hear. Because truly, if, if this guy can can go from nothing and then turn it into wealth in an expensive market, right? Even in these expensive times in real estate, then trust me, y'all, you can do it too. Very well said. Henry, look at you. Becoming quite the wordsmith yourself. I appreciate that, Mr. David. I've learned from the best. (laughs) All right, let's get to Andre. All right, Mr. Andre Haynes, welcome to the show, man. Hey, man, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, man, no worries. Thank you for being here. So you kind of got your start in real estate through 
kind of some counseling that somebody kind of pointed you in the right direction. But kind of before we get there, why don't you tell everybody like a little bit about your background, like how you came up and like how that story shaped who you are and where you are right now. Again, my name is Andre Haynes. I am from the South Side of Chicago, the Ida B. Wells Projects. I come from a non-financially literate background. You know, everything pretty much was like government assistant. You know what I mean? When I was a child, my family was hit hard by the drug epidemic in the late 80s and early 90s. So my mom and dad were affected by that. I ended up being adopted, blessed enough to be into my own family. My aunt raised me um, in church. And, um, you know, that kind of like molded like my character and kind of like built me, you know what I mean? Like gave me my foundation of just like spirituality and everything that I have now. Yeah, man, just coming from that to be where I am now is like, like night and day compared to, you know what I mean? Some of the people that I grew up with or grew up around or just, you know what I mean? Some of my family members and I'm extremely blessed, man. That's cool, man. Cause you know, a lot of people didn't grow up with a silver spoon in their mouth and had to to fight just to get where they are. But what I like about your story is you didn't let any of that stop you from becoming financially free or even pursuing your goals, right? In your previous life, right? You had you, you went into even looking at like a music career as a way to try to gain some traction. And so like, how did what you learned when you started doing music guide you toward like starting to understand that you need to be doing something to build wealth? I learned a lot of stuff in the music industry just about, like, ownership. You know what I mean? Um, I looked up to a lot of guys like Damon Dash, Master P, Jay-Z, you know what I mean, Sean P. Diddy Combs, and they were all, like, had their own labels, and they all, like, had, like, clothing brands. They would start, like, liquor companies, like, all of these different things that stemmed outside of just them having a rap career. And I always wanted to, like, model, like, just my business after that. Like, I just didn't want to be, like, just in a single lane, I always wanted to be multifaceted. And um, I always just felt like growing up because, like I said, there was no financial literacy. Sports and entertainment were my only options for me to really attain like wealth and just have success because that's all I would see. And that's all I really would, you know what I mean, was around. And just being able to really like just maneuver the way that I have maneuvered and just really like get to a point where I have just starting in the music industry, that experience really taught me, like I say, how to just like operate like in an ownership space, knowing that it won't be easy, knowing that I'm not like operating with a big major label behind me. You know what I mean? I was selling like CDs out of my backpack and out of my trunk, like all of those different things. Like it just really taught me a grind and a hustle. And I never lost that spirit and that energy when it came to real estate and business and entrepreneurship. So if I hear you right, Andre, what I'm hearing you say is you had a mindset before. This is really like the mindset part of your story that was, I'm not financially literate. I see two roads to success, entertainment or sports. And if I can't make it happen, well, then there's no point of trying. I'm probably oversimplifying, but more or less, that's sort of the, the perspective. And then when you started your music career and you were not signed to a big label, if you're signed to a big label, you're kind of more of a W-2 employee. You do what they tell you. Hey, you go do this and we will take care of the details, right? Yeah. When you do it yourself, you are an entrepreneur, which means you're a business owner. Even if the business is selling CDs out of a trunk, you still have to make this stuff, market the stuff, manufacture the stuff, price the stuff, keep your own books to know what your profit margin is. And that is what opened your mind up to, whoa, there's actually a lot more possibilities and routes than just the two that I was seeing before. Absolutely. And I wasn't necessarily successful in that field as far as like uh, on a famous 
or like multi-platinum level or anything like that. But as far as, like you say, the mindset that it taught me and the hustle and the grind that it taught me. And it also like, it kept me humble because I wasn't successful. You know what I mean? Like, you know, rappers tend to have like these big egos and like these images, like, but they're like this like famous person and they're like got all of this money. And like really in all actuality, like you said, they're really an employee. They owe money to the label. They owe money to the car company. They owe money to the mortgage <laughs> company. They owe money to the jeweler. They owe money to the clothing company. They just like, they're in a bunch of debt. And I was kind of like shaping up my life to be in the same way. I had to kind of like realize that it wasn't working for me after a while because I spent maybe like 10, 11 years chasing this dream. And sometimes you don't necessarily have to give up or quit, but you have to like pivot. You know what I mean? And I didn't give up on my dream of being wealthy because that's what I was using music for because that's all I knew because again you find out you're not going to make it in sports pretty young like you know what I mean like once <laughs> once, <laughs> like, once you get to high school <laughs> like once you get to high school kind of realize like it's a wrap like once you like not starting on the varsity team and then like no college is coming to see you like you know that kind of stuff it kind of like it gets to you early like yeah so this may not be my path now that I'm kind of seeing what's going on here and uh, yeah I figured that out kind of early so I just started to like learn how to hustle man because i just didn't have a mindset of like stock market real estate all of that kind of stuff so i would do little stuff like man sell sneakers go and get a job here and there just like little stuff like to make money and after a while like i said i i had children fell behind on my rent for so long i mean eviction notices just i mean you name it just like all the problems that a person could possibly have and just like it was time for me to just like really get my shit together man well, that's why I wanted to ask you that question because, so it's funny that you mentioned sports. That was really where my journey started off as well. I just wanted to be a basketball player. I didn't, wasn't at the time wanting to be wealthy or famous, but I just loved basketball and I hit a ceiling that was my athletic ability, right? I was more athletic than most people, but I was not more athletic than division one college athletes, much less professional yeah. athlete. Like you said, it becomes very obvious very quickly. It doesn't matter what you do. You're not getting past this point with these limitations. But in the world of real estate or maybe entrepreneurship in general, what I tell people is that your athletic ability is your mindset. And what's amazing is that there are no natural limitations on it. It's only what you put on yourself, right? So I just kind of wanted to draw that out of your story and, and make the connection for our listeners that you had to have your mind opened and that came through a what you would call a failed endeavor. But what you gained in that failure is what opened up the doors for we're going to talk about now. So I'm going to throw it back to Henry and let you guys keep going into your story. Thank you for that. It's kind of a perfect transition because you talked about getting your together. You talked about like evaluating your situation and then using that to guide your next step. So, I mean, you essentially have documented this process that you've used to go from where you were to financial freedom now. So kind of talk a little bit about what that is and like, you know, how this kind of ties into that step one. Yeah, and like you said, step one is the self-evaluation process, which is typically for most people and for me as well, it's the hardest part because that's when your pride and your ego like gets the biggest blow because you got to take that look in the mirror and say, you know, like I ain't going to the NBA. Like I'm not going to be a multi-platinum rapper, like, or even just like even the level of responsibility just to say like, you know what, I'm just not where I'm supposed to be in my life or where I want to be in my life right now. A lot of people just, you know, like I said, in, in certain lifestyles, they get caught up like with internet lifestyle and just like what's going on with other entrepreneurs, what's going on. Like I'll say with rappers and ball players and they want to act like they're living this lifestyle the entire time you're not taking care of your children you're behind on your bills like i said you're behind on your car note 
like every dollar that you have is essentially like on your body with the clothes that you're wearing just like you know what i mean like it's bad man <laughs> you know what i mean i never thought about it like that that's funny though <laughs> yeah like and when you're able to have this conversation with yourself and be like yo I'm out here bad as hell right now. Like I'm really like down bad. Like I really need to just like sit down, reevaluate my situation and just kind of like replan. And a lot of it comes with just like unlearning a lot of stuff that we're taught, like in, you know what I mean? And just like school, church and stuff like that. Just like real traditional stuff that we're taught a lot of times. And if we can like shake that mindset and just like open up our minds and like think outside the box just a little bit, because nothing is wrong with the stuff that we're taught in school and church. Just a lot of times it's like very limited. You know what I mean? Especially the older stuff. Like, cause I was raised by, like I said, an older church woman, you know what I mean? Who was just like very traditional. Like a lot of times she would choose like church over sports and like that. And it was like, lady, I have the opportunity to go to college. Like this could be like my full ride scholarship here. And she's like, nah, we're going to Bible study today. Like, are you serious? Like I would have coaches coming by the house, knocking on the doors and everything. She's like, nope, we're going to church. (laughs) (laughs) So like, you know what I mean? So certain stuff, man, um, like I said, we just like really don't get and understand. But for me, that was the first step, like, and just like understanding myself and knowing that I had to make a change. And it was taking that look in the mirror and being like, yo, you're not the person who you say you are. You're not the person who you think you are. You're not the person who you're like fronting out here acting like you are like, dude, like get it together. And the first step in doing that is like, having that conversation with yourself and that's a step that most people don't want to take because it's tough to say i'm just not that guy or i'm just not that woman right now you know absolutely man and just so people know like when i say you documented this process you wrote a book right what did you call that book specifically because of this renaissance's five-step guide on getting your together right and so first step self-evaluation step two what was next for you Understanding the power of your mind and your words, because typically that first step is kind of brutal. You're kind of beating yourself down a little bit. You know what I mean? You're kind of like identifying all of your weak points. But after you do that, you have to tell yourself, you know what? But that doesn't have to be who I am for the rest of my life. Now it's time to make a change. I'm a confident person. I'm a talented person. I can go out here and do whatever I want. I'm able to build wealth. I deserve to build wealth. I deserve to change my life. And the more that you start speaking like this and thinking like this and just like, you know what I mean? Having these just like positive affirmations and speaking them into the universe, the more you get that stuff in return, because the more you put it out there, the more you'll get it back. And that's just like the law of attraction at its best. And that's how it works because the moment that I took action over the way that I was thinking and the way that I was speaking probably in 24 to 48 hours man I noticed just an immediate change and just like the way that I felt like I just didn't feel like there was like a black negative cloud hanging over me walking around every day anymore you know what I mean and it's all me like it's nothing anybody else is doing around you most times it's you and the way that you're thinking your surroundings all of that and if you're able to like change those things and identify those things man you can really like expedite your process to get to the next level I like that. And I think that a lot of people kind of gloss over mindset steps like this when they're trying to think about their business or their real estate career. And I like to try to put some practicality behind it for people so that they can understand that this stuff truly does work. I know it sounds like, you know, oh, okay, just think about it and it'll be, but it's, it's not that it's like our minds are powerful and the things that we tell ourselves, that's why vision boards are powerful for people, right? Like if you put something in front of your face every single day, you'll start to realize that 
the actions that you're taking are going to be moving you towards those goals in small ways. It's almost like our subconscious takes over and we start moving ourselves in that direction. Now, I'm not saying it's magic. You write it down and you make it happen. But what I am saying is that when you surround yourself with your goals, either visually or taking the action to write them down, your actions follow suit. And sometimes that's intentional actions and sometimes it's even subconscious actions. But so I challenge anybody, like if you have a goal of getting started with real estate investing and you're not quite sure exactly how you're going to get it done, take the first step of just writing down every day. I will be a successful real estate investor. I will be a successful real estate investor. Write it down five times every morning. If you do that consistently, what happens is, and we've talked about this on other episodes, David, it's like the red truck theory, right? You buy a red truck and then now all you see is red trucks. Well, that's because your mind is open to those seeing those red trucks. If you tell yourself, I am going to be a successful real estate investor every single day, and you're writing that down, you'll start to see opportunities that you weren't focused, your brain wasn't focused on before, you weren't open to before, and then you'll start to act on those. And that's that's how mindset really starts to practically take hold in your life. I agree with that wholeheartedly because I'm a prime example of just what you said. Like you say, just writing it down, because even before I was a real estate investor, before I got my first property, before I really knew about real estate investing, I knew that I wanted to be a real estate investor. I just didn't have the right information to do it and get into the field. I was in a cubicle when I first got my job. I had to step away from the music industry. And like once I like started kind of like getting my stuff together and we'll get into that. But I just wanted to like I was piggyback off of what you just said. Um, I wrote down in my cubicle that I would attain over a million dollars worth of real estate assets by January 25th of 2029, which was, which was my birthday. But I eclipsed that number probably 10 years earlier (laughs) just by writing it down and having it like in my face every single day and just believing and knowing that. Let's put some parameters around that for people. And so you left music because you said, this isn't going to get me where I want to be. And even the people that are where I want to be, when you really look at it on paper, they're not there. Right. And so you then said, I got to go back to work. And you went and you got a job. What kind of job did you get? Oh, man, dude, I was uh, working at a telemarketing company and um, I was like calling people, putting them in like schools like that just like weren't accredited, like uh, schools like you hear about them in the news. Like, yeah, they just got shut down for education scams. Like, <laughs> you're like oh, shit, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be working here. So you were doing telemarketing. How much were you making? Uh, minimum wage plus like a uh, bonus sales bonuses. You know, whenever you get sales, you get like an extra little bonus or whatever the case may be. But the thing is, dude, I was like killing them, bro. Like I was like signing people up for these schools. Like I look back at it, dude, I probably have probably like a thousand people who are just like, you know, uncredited degrees. Right now. <laughs> so you got a job at a call center. You were making minimum wage living in what city? In Chicago. In an expensive city. And you wrote down you were going to do what? Attain a million dollars worth of real estate assets. Right. Like, that's powerful. Like, people need to to see that. Like, you had every reason to believe that you couldn't do that. And you went and you got a job. And as you're working at this job, you were trying to do the best you can at the job. And you were doing well. And you decided you were going to buy a million dollars in real estate assets. When you're in, And most people who are in that situation... That would be so far out of their mindset, but you spent the first time in those two steps in 
trying to figure out how you were going to get to your goals, right? You had to self-evaluate and then you had to look at the power of your words. And then that leads you to learning about real estate. And so tell us a little bit about how that came to pass. So how do you go from a call center to buying real estate assets? That would lead into step three. Once I knew what I wanted to do and once I started reading about it, I knew I needed some damn money. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, all right, so, all right, so real estate, I can't do this broke. Like, you know, so I started reading a little bit more. I started saving, man, like every dime that I had. Cause at the time I was reading like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins. This is maybe like 2010, 2011. And I'm just like picking up everything, just like digesting information like it's food, man. Like I'm just like, I'm hungry for it. So I'm just taking in everything. And those two books were what like sparked the most interest in me and like really taught me the most and like really lit the fire under my ass. And um, reading that book by Tony Robinson just like really just like had me like turned up. So I started, like I said, saving every single dollar from work. Like I started eating noodles for like a year straight, just like. Which for the record (laughs) is step three, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. We're going into step three, and that was me understanding my money. And uh, step three is: Are you frugal or are you fraud? Because again, a lot of times, as we spoke about in my particular like uh, culture and just like background, we tend to want to look like we have money more than we actually have money, and it's a problem. And I was one of those guys, so I had to like really like evaluate: Okay, am I frugal? Am I saving money? Or am I actually doing what I'm supposed to do? Or am I out here just like really being a fraud and looking like I am and acting like I'm financially responsible and just like tricking people? And um, I was, I was being a fraud. You know what I mean? And I had to like really evaluate that. So, like I said, I started saving money, making sacrifices, not buying Jordans every weekend. You know, all of that kind of stuff that was just like really like taking big chunks of money out of my pocket. And over time, man, maybe after about a year, year and a half, I had saved about ten, twelve thousand dollars. And I just knew like, okay, I'm on to something with this and I need to do something with all this money because I never had this much money in my life. Just sitting but for there. reference, like what were you making yearly? Ooh, maybe after taxes, about twenty six thousand dollars or something like that, like like barely over the poverty line. Right. And so I say that because I don't want people to to not get the value of what you just said. You saved $10,000 while only making just under 30. That's, you know, that's almost half your salary, right? Just through self-realization and then putting yourself in check and on a budget. Like that's amazing. It was hard. It was real hard, man. Like just like sitting in the house for, I mean, really like a year and a half straight, really only doing like, yeah, like really just like not doing nothing. I mean, like, the whole summer long, like, you know, when Kanye was like, man, imagine being locked in your room for three summers. Like, that's a different world. Like, bro, like, like you looking outside the window, you seeing everybody having fun. Like, you on Instagram, everybody just said, like, the concert, the Drake concert came to Chicago. Like, oh, it was lit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, you have goals and, you know what I mean? You understand, like, short-term sacrifice for long-term, you know what I mean? Greatness. And um, that's really what, what I was on. And it worked out for me because... After I did all of that stuff, man, and after I, like, made those sacrifices, my life just, like, took off just when I say, like, on a rocket ship. Like, it just—and I never looked back. So it was just more so anything, man, just understanding that those sacrifices weren't going to be forever. You know what I mean? It was just, like— 
like somebody told me, like, man, sometimes you just got to turn down steak on an empty stomach. You know what I mean? At first, it didn't make sense to me, but then it made sense to me when I was able to have surf and turf buffet for the rest of my life. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it just was like the financial part of everything and just like me understanding my money and understanding what was smart to do with my money and what not to do with my money was just like a major step for me. That's very similar to my story. I did not do fun stuff when everybody my age was doing fun stuff. And I, this comes up a lot. So I've got a young guy on my loan team. He's like 23 years old. He's my first hire. He's crushing right now. He probably has 60 loans in submission right now at 23 years old. And uh, he will say the same thing. Like, oh, sometimes I feel like I'm missing out, not hanging out with my friends. I relate to it because I was in the same boat. But I'll tell you, I don't have any regret about not going out to a fancy restaurant or not going to a concert now where I am in life, knowing that that would have stole like a house from me. Right. If I had to pick, like, would you rather go back in time and go on a vacation with, with friends that you don't even have anymore? Cause nobody stays friends with these people for 20 years. Right. Or have a house that's going to pay you for the rest of your life. It's a pretty easy decision. So I just want to encourage the other people that are in the situation like you were, Andre, that you're not doing this for nothing. It's worth it. And then the other part I really like is that you mentioned is now you eat a seafood buffet every night. See, when you spend your money on a car or on Jordans or something, you get the shoes, they get worn out. You don't get yep. to wear them anymore. You got to buy new shoes. When you get the house, it buys you a new pair of Jordans every month for the rest of your life. And it doesn't matter. Right. And you keep the house. Like that's the difference. When you get the asset first, it buys the car, it buys the dinners, it buys the shoes. All the things you want are taken care of because you sacrifice early to get it. And it doesn't stay where you're just depriving yourself all the time. And the last point I'll make is many things in life work this way. So if you think about like if you're out of shape and you first want to go start running, like you can't run very far. You get maybe like a quarter mile and you're done. So you don't really burn that many calories. You don't see a result. Were you watching me work out this morning? <laughs> <laughs> you seem like you'd be probably in the gym, Henry. I don't really see you doing a whole lot of running. I see you pushing some weight. But th that's the same thing. When you first go to lift weights, you're not very strong. You don't work out very long before you get tired and you don't burn many calories. You're not building muscle. You are conditioning yourself to eventually run four miles where you're going to burn a lot of calories. And so what I'm saying is it does not suck the whole time like it does when you're starting. When you first start running, every single step is agony. And it's terrible. And you do it for a long enough time and like this isn't that bad. It might actually become fun because you've conditioned yourself. So I just want to throw that in there that while this may sound not appealing when someone's like, man, I don't want to be sitting in my room watching everyone else have fun. It changes, right? Like now, Andre, I'm sure you're going to tell us about some of the ways you're finding deals, some of the empowered way that you feel where you're like, I'm walking around. I don't have to pretend like I'm wealthy. I am wealthy. And the confidence that comes from that, where now you kind of recognize all the things that at one point were temptations for you were because you wanted to look a certain way. And now that you don't need to, because you are that person, the temptation just goes away. And that's kind of nice. And the crazy thing is just to like take it back a little bit. It was extra hard for me because like I said, I had just come from a lifestyle again, like where I was rapping, like I was sitting next to Jay-Z and Beyonce at basketball games, doing shows with Fat Joe. And mind you, like two of my closest friends play NBA basketball. So I was like playing video games with like LeBron James and weddings with Kobe Bryant, like just wild dash. 
that you wouldn't even believe. And to go from that to having to sit down in a cubicle where like the mindsets of the people who I'm sitting around every day just aren't like mine, just like the very, very bottom of just like the work level. Like I said, I'm sitting in a cubicle calling people, putting them in schools that aren't accredited. So this was a very, very, very humbling and pride killing experience for me. And um, for a little while, I kind of like went through a little bit of a depression with this. But again, like I realized that it was just a short term sacrifice for long term greatness and uh as you said man i live my life on my own terms now i buy all the jordans that i want i've learned about cool like art and dope like that the whereas i can like use the money that i make from my investments to make other cool investments so it's not like i'm just spending the money now so now like let's say i want to go buy a pair of jordans i can buy two pair of jordans i can buy one to wear and i can buy one to put up and they go up in value like stock even if you're watching this youtube video these little art pieces behind me they're really dope they're by this artist named brian donnelly cause i collect his pieces man i learned about him i started collecting his pieces i'm paying two three hundred bucks for a piece just because i think it's cool i start looking this stuff up but man, it's going up in value by like 30 and 40% every year. Like I bought these two things back here, maybe like four years ago for 300 bucks each. Right now they're worth 1500 each. And he's still alive walking around all good and healthy, man. And God forbid something happens to him, but you understand how this goes. Like when typically something happens to artists or anything like that, and you own a piece of their like original work, man, that stuff usually skyrockets in value. So like I've learned like so much different cool stuff and have been able to put my money in other cool stuff that are investments and not just like me wasting my money so just like it'll pay off man like david said like don't think it's just like you just like eating just for no reason and you just got to do this for no reason nah man like over time you'll be able to live a very very happy life and just like you know kind of like do whatever you want to do out here which is the main like that's happiness that's what happiness is time freedom going to your kids baseball games when you want to you know what i mean taking a family on vacation like henry says leaving to go to hawaii for two weeks like who's doing that you know what i mean <laughs> like, you're like you gotta like understand like but he had to make some sacrifices to get to that point you're absolutely right man i'm glad that you were able to touch on that for people because as soon as you start talking about sacrifice, people tend to tune out. So I, I like that we're able to put some color around that. As home prices and interest rates continue to rise and inventory levels dip, it's getting harder to find quality flips and wholesale deals. When there's not enough on-market inventory to go around, it's time to start looking off-market. Lucky for you, there are millions of homeowners nationwide who own a property they need to get off their hands. I got two words for you, my friend. Prop stream it. PropStream is the leading real estate data provider and recognized as a Tech 100 honoree by Housing Wire for the fourth consecutive year. With PropStream, you can search over 155 million properties nationwide using 120 plus search filters like pre-foreclosure, bankruptcy, pre-probate, failed listings, and more to help you find motivated sellers in seconds. PropStream offers both public record data and an MLS sales estimate that's over 99% accurate to help you get the most accurate comps even in non-disclosure states. PropStream also provides lead automation, skip tracing, and a marketing suite with emails, postcards, and custom landing pages to close more deals efficiently. Get started today with their seven-day free trial and get 50 leads for free. Head on over to www.propstream.com BP. That's www.propstream.com BP. Calling all property owners and operators. Are you managing a multifamily property and looking to elevate your residents' living experience? Introducing Quantum Fiber Internet, your go-to choice for speedy internet your residents will love. The process is as seamless as Quantum Fiber service. Starting at just $50 a month, 
your residents can enjoy fast, reliable internet that will make them love where they live even more. Connect with your local fiber representative today. Learn more at q.com slash go big. I wonder how they got that domain. That's q.com slash go big. Limited availability, service and rate in select locations only. Taxes and fees apply. 360 Wi-Fi and other equipment lease charges, taxes, and fees are excluded from Price for Life offer and may be increased. Real estate investing is great, but for some, the tenant phone calls and clogged toilets aren't all that attractive. So how do you invest in real estate without getting your hands dirty? Invest for truly passive income with Pine Financial Group. Pine's mortgage fund offers a targeted 8% preferred return and an attractive profit split with 70% of net profits going to the investors. You'll earn passive income by participating in lending to house flippers. And it's secure because senior lien holders, that's you, are first in line to get paid. Their rigorous underwriting process and the backing of a physical asset mitigate downside risk. Plus, by investing with Pine Financial Group, you contribute to the revitalization of communities by directing your funds from Wall Street to Main Street and supporting local economies. The investment is reserved for accredited investors. Don't miss this opportunity to back Main Street over Wall Street and start earning passive real estate income. Learn more about investing with Pine at pinefinancialgroup.com slash BP. pinefinancialgroup.com slash BP. So that's good, man. So you, you saved this money, right? Yep. You made these sacrifices. You built this nest egg. And then how did you go from that nest egg to knowing you needed to buy some real estate with it? Like what led you to the real estate? That was step number four for me, which, like I said, was building a solid foundation um, and maintaining stability. Because after I started saving money, I also started to understand and learn how to keep the money. Because once you start to get like these big lump sums of money, like I said, again, I'm speaking just like from my personal background, from my culture, what I come from, like we tend to want to go buy big ass gold chains, big cars with rims that aren't worth anything, just like spend our money on a lot of just ain't worth nothing and depreciates in value as soon as we get the receipt for it. You know what I mean? And like, I just wanted to like maintain where I was at and like have that solid foundation of just like financial literacy. So like I said, I kept educating myself on top of me having that cash. I started to build my credit, man. I started to learn about credit. I started learning about how to use credit. I started learning about how to leverage credit and all of these different things. After that, man, it was time for me to go into step number five, which was taking my leap of faith and buying that first property. And um, once I was ready, I reached out to a mentor of mine, a big sister of mine. Um, her name is Kiyoki Allen. She's a broker in Vegas. I'm like, hey, I'm ready to buy a house. And she was like, eh, that sounds good, but you should consider getting a multi-unit. And you should consider getting a multi-unit with this program called NACA. And I'm like, NACA? And she's like, yeah. It's a program that I feel like would be best for you because of all of the benefits that they offer. And I'm like, hmm, I'm like, what are the benefits to this program? And uh, she goes into telling me everything about this program. And I'm just like, wow, I just read the same thing in Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So just like it really clicked to me just about buying assets and buying cash flowing assets, assets over liability, you know, what I mean, all of these different things. And it's just like. This just like a real light bulb just went off in my head when she said this. And yeah, so I took the leap of faith, man, and I went ahead and I started looking into the program, NACA, N-A-C-A, Neighborhood Assistance Corporations of America. Awesome. So what were some of the benefits to you? And then how did you leverage that program to buy a property? 
So the benefits are for first-time home buyers and the NACA program. First out, they offer the lowest interest rate in the country, regardless of what your credit score is. They're mainly concerned about the debt that you have in collections and your debt to income ratio. In addition to that, they also offered to pay for your attorney, your agent, and most of your fees. The only thing you're liable to pay for is your, but your inspection costs. They pay for your appraisals as well. Also, they give you the option to buy the interest rate down lower than what it already is. In addition to that, you don't have to necessarily have substantial savings. What they will allow you to do a lot of times is what's called payment shock. So they'll say, if you can afford rent, you can afford mortgage. So as long as you can show them that you're paying your rent on time for a certain amount of time, you can qualify for a property. And if you want to qualify for a property that's more than what your rent is, you would just have to save the difference between what your mortgage would be and your rent would be for six months. It's just like a really, really powerful program when I heard all of these benefits, man. And also, you don't have a down payment. It's no money down, which is like the biggest benefits of the program. And when I heard all of this stuff, I'm just like, are you serious? Like, this can't be real. She's like, I swear it's real. I'm like, no, it's not. She's like, I swear it is. So I, I went to the meeting, man. Everything that she said, they confirmed it. And they're just like, wow. So I went ahead, uh, signed up, met with my mortgage counselor. From there, dude, like... It was just like a mind blowing experience because I walked into the office and I, you know, I, I wear a lot of like dope sneakers. I collect sneakers. So I had on a pair of Jordans that had just came out. They were really hard to get. And my mortgage counselor was like, Oh man, I went through hell trying to get my son those shoes. How'd you get them? It just like really started off like a great conversation between me and him, which like just built up into a really great relationship. And he just asked me, you know, what I was trying to do, what my goals were. And he was extremely helpful throughout my process. And he was like, you know what? We're going to get you set up. He's like, the fact that you're looking for a multi-unit is amazing because that's what I suggest that most people do when they come through these kind of programs. FHA, NACA, 3.5% down, no money down. Man, use it to leverage to get ahead. Use it to get you a cash flow asset. Don't go and buy something that's going to, like, you know what I mean, have you in debt or have you, you know what I mean, paying bills. Get something that's going to pay you monthly or at least, like, take care of your mortgage for you. And the market that I'm in here in Chicago, we have a million multi-units. It's probably like 60, 40 houses to multi-units. So it's not that hard to find multi-units here. And um, I went out into the market, man, and I got my first property. Got a brick four unit in a beautiful Chicago suburb right outside of the city with amazing amenities, Walmart, churches, bus lines, trains, restaurants in the area, and great parks, great school system in the area, swimming pools, all of this kind of stuff that you can find. And I knew about the area because I lived in the area for seven years before I purchased in the area. And I'm like, yo, I want to, I want to buy in Forest Park. And I was able to get the property for $360,000, which was well below what it was worth at the time. I believe it appraised out for three ninety. dollars and that was as is. And uh, that deal was really, really good. And I took advantage of every single benefit that they offer in that deal. Awesome, man. So you went from working in a cubicle, saving $10,000, getting ready to make the leap of faith. You make the leap of faith. You learn about NACA. And then you go and you find yourself a multifamily and you buy it. And so tell us a little bit more about that deal. So you bought the property. And then did you move into it? And, you know, what were the rents like? How transitional was that for you? 
So first off, it wasn't just that easy. It was a lot of searching. And I'm sure there are a lot of first time home buyers that are gonna listen to this. I just wanna kinda like mentally prepare you for like what you're gonna be dealing with in the process. And this was, I'm speaking seven years ago. So now today's market is way more hectic. So this is kinda what you wanna expect in today's market. Cause a lot of people have these, like I say, the internet has everybody like, for some reason they think you're just gonna go out and just like find this just magical, amazing property. It's just gonna appear right in front of you and you're gonna put it in the offer and it's going to get accepted and it's just going to go so smooth when it just does not work like that. All right. So you're going to go out, you know what I mean? With your age, you're going to start looking for stuff. And you're first off, you're probably going to start looking for stuff that's like really out of your price range, less out the gate, because you just don't know, like, you know what you can afford, but a lot of times you, your eyes will trick you into saying that you can afford something that you really can't have, you know what I mean? Just because it's beautiful. So you're going to go out, you're going to look at all these nice properties and you're going to try to make these deals and people just aren't going to want to negotiate their prices. You know what I mean? Their price is their price because they have 20 other people that are standing in line waiting to offer them more money than what you're offering. Like even if you're offering what they're asking for. So don't expect like your first offer, second offer, all of that kind of stuff to be accepted. So you have to be really like diligent and just like persistent with this stuff. Like you got to go out here and like really like put in a ton of offers and like kind of work with sellers. And uh, nowadays, like you want to like try to build relationships because in my property, that's what worked like building a relationship. My agent built a relationship with the other agent and we played that card. In addition to that, you want to like run the numbers more than anything. Don't get caught up with how a place looks like. Yeah, a place can be beautiful, but you'll be upside down on your mortgage if you don't run the numbers the right way because you want to get a beautiful place. You know what I mean? So make sure the numbers make sense, man. If you're not cash flowing, at least make sure that you'll get to live for free, meaning that the rents coming from the place, they'll cover most of the mortgage and you get to live in the place for free, not paying anything at all, like pretty much essentially keeping all of the money that you work for, that you make doing other stuff. In addition to that, man, you want to make sure you're finding a property that is cash flowing a lot of times, because a lot of times that's how you'll get qualified a lot easier and a lot faster by the bank. So it needs to have tenants in it. Yeah, absolutely. That are already like in under leases and it shows that what they're paying and all of that kind of stuff, it shows the rent roll. And that'll be a great benefit to you because a lot of people don't know, because what I hear a lot of times is, oh man, multi-units are four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars I can't afford those. But it doesn't just go based on what you can pay. It goes based on how much the building is already generating as well. So they'll take 75% of what the building is generating and add it to your income, which will make the property more than affordable most times. And that's awesome. How many offers did you put in on properties before you landed the one you got? Probably five. And on that deal, we were, we just kept getting outbid. We kept getting like, just like rejected. And on the last one, even we almost lost that one because what happened was, like I said, we put in five offers previously. And like, I was just like tired and frustrated. It had been like two months. I was looking and I told my agent, like, you know what, man, I want to get us a break. We're out here every day. We're not finding anything. Nobody likes us. Like, you know, I'm taking everything personally. Like, <laughs> I'm like, they don't like us, man. So like I'm on the MLS on realtor.com or Zillow or something like that. It was like maybe like 11, 12 o'clock at night, one night. And this property just pops up, man. It's in my desired neighborhood. It's a four 
four unit. It has an apartment vacant ready for me to live in it. The other three units are cash flow. And I'm like, oh my God, is this like, Jesus, what did you just do? And so I called my agent. Like I started calling his phone recklessly. Like I probably called him 15 times. And the last time he finally picked up the phone, I was like, man, what the hell, man? You know, I don't do business this late. Like, you know, like he was really upset. But I'm like, I hear you, but check your email though. Please just check your email. So he was like, man, give me a second. So he looked in his email. He was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> He's like, so I'm going to write this up right now. You know, he wrote up the offer, sent it back to me. I signed everything over. And he's like, I want to get this over to them tonight. So as soon as they come into their office, it's the first, like, people were still sending faxes and stuff at this time. Like, he's like, it's the first offer on their fax machine. You know what I mean? It worked. They came into the office. They saw it. And they were like, you know what? We accept the offer. But the only thing was, the wife was the one that was home. And she accepted the offer. And I got excited, right? So I had a, a seminar to go to later that day. It was a rich dad, poor dad seminar. So I'm like, oh, man, I'm late. I just got my offer accepted. I'm going to the seminar. You know how they pump you up at the seminar. So I'm just like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm about to be rich as hell. So as I'm doing all of this, I'm excited. My phone is just like ringing, 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 ringing. And I'm not answering because I'm like just gassed up at this seminar. So I go out and I check the voicemail and uh, it's my agent. He's like, man, give me a call back as soon as you can. So I give him a call back. He was like, man, you know, the offer that we put in earlier, it got knocked out. I'm like, knocked out? What you mean? I'm like, I thought we got accepted. He's like, man, the husband was at work. And as he was on his way home to sign the contract, another offer came in and it was all cash. I'm like, what? He was like, yeah. So that knocks us out. Like, we don't have to, like, it's not our property. Like, we don't have it under contract. Like, I'm like, are you serious? So my, my heart drops into my stomach at this point. Like, mind you, because I just went from here all the way back down to here. Like, I'm on a thousand. So it's just like... Oh my God, what's going on? At the end of the day, what happened was they came in with a cash offer. The husband didn't sign the contract. So like he said, it was just that offer was really null and void. But they didn't just say, we're not going to take your offer. They was like, hey guys, this is what we'll do. We'll give you everybody to the morning. You are the last two offers that we're going to look at. Come with your highest and best offer first thing in the morning. So that's what we did. Luckily for me, the cash buyers, they came with the same offer. They're like, we're offering cash. Like, you know, we're going to stick to our guns. This is what it is. And um, I offered an extra fifteen or 20000 I believe it was, on top of my agent. Like I say, playing a relationship in an emotional card. He reached out to the agent. He's like, my guy's been living in this neighborhood for the past seven, eight years. His kids love the parks. They love the school systems. You know, they really, really don't want to leave. And these guys are just investors. They're probably just going to come over here and knock the building down. And these people had an emotional attachment to their property. You know what I mean? So they're like, oh, man, you're right. Let us just sell it to a nice family who's going to take care of the place. We're getting extra money. And that emotion that you know what i mean that relationship card it played out in our favor we got the offer accepted man everything was cool i was able to get the property like i say with no money down i was able to buy the interest rate down to two and a half percent from three and a half percent because i got a ten thousand dollar seller's concession and i used that money for that i was able to keep all of my money in addition to that I walked away from the closing table with the $5,000 check because I didn't need all of the money that they gave me to buy the interest rate down. So I essentially walked away with the building that was paying me cash flow and I didn't spend anything on it. All I had to do was 
turn in the proper documents for a few months. Let them, you know what I mean, check my info, go through my bank accounts, this typical home buying process. And they were like, you know what? Hey, we trust you enough. Take this building and keep all your money and take $5,000 with it. On top of that, the day that I closed, I walked into the property. It was the end of the month. I got checks from all three of my tenants because it was, like I say, the end of the month, it was time to pay the rent. And you know, when you close that first month, you don't have a mortgage. So that was all my money. So I essentially went from worth nothing to owning this four unit property where I lived for free, $22,000 cash. And I got my check from work that same day. It was the most amazing feeling in the whole wide world. (laughs) So now everyone listening to this is saying, okay, you hear that, honey? I want one of those. They're calling their agent and they're saying, hey, find me that deal, right? And so what I want to ask you is, obviously, you would do that over and over and over if you could. It's hard to do that. It's worth it, which is why we're talking about it, but it is not easy. Just like the workout analogy we gave earlier. And it's like still for me, even as much real estate as I bought, there are emotional spikes. You get excited, you get crushed. You get excited, you get crushed. And that happens too many times and most people tap out. They just say, I don't want to do it anymore, right? Like I see this as the agent trying to protect the client from that. And then I get it myself when I start to get excited and, and then, oh, turns out something changes, right? So what advice do you have for the people that are not accustomed to this entrepreneurial bipolarism that the three of us have sort of just embraced from the things that we've been through where we expect these big highs and lows so that they stay in the game and they don't miss out on this awesome deal when it finally happens? Man, just like a simple one-liner, man, it gets greater later. As long as you understand that and as long as you can like stick it out and know that the reward later down the line is going to be just like way bigger than what you imagined, Because I just never imagined that, you know, from that point of buying that first property, I'd be here where I am, where I'm like walking around doing public speaking. I have an apparel line. I have a book. We're hosting our own seminars. I'm investing in the stock market. Like I'm teaching people, mentoring people, just like all of these different cool things that set me free from the work system and allowed me to start helping people and just like pouring into the world on a greater level and on a bigger scale, man. Like I just wouldn't have thought that, but the fact that I made those sacrifices and I understood that even in the downtimes that I would be okay, just as long as I stick this out, you know, like it just, it always comes out like better than what you think it will. Part of that story that I love is that like you made the sacrifices, you saved the money because your intent was to have to use that money to start building your real estate assets. And you didn't have to because you found this amazing vehicle. But had you not went through that sacrifice and made those mindset shifts, right? When you come into money like that, you might've spent it differently, right? You might've blown that $10,000 on something else. And so I don't want people to hear like, oh, he saved that money. He didn't have to No, like the discipline it took for him to save that money, set him up to be able to continue to be successful once he was able to acquire that asset. Right. And Absolutely. It's just an amazing story. And I did have to save the money. It was, I didn't have to use it. I had to save it. They want to see that you're responsible, that you're able to save money. The same process that you have to go through through any other lender, whether it be conventional, FHA, whoever, like it's the same thing. They want to see that you're saving your money. They want bank statements. They want the check stubs every two weeks. They want all of those documents to show that you're doing what you're supposed to do and you're a responsible human being before they release a three hundred, four hundred, five thousand dollar property into your name with no collateral. Like, you know what I mean? Because essentially that's what they're doing they're just like here we're trusting you to take care of your business and do what you say you're going to do and we get absolutely nothing for this so hey you better do right and one thing before we move on to the next segment of the show i want you to share with people is now you've found a way 
to even make more cash flow on the asset that's already paying you cash flow. And so just give give them a little teaser on like how you're additionally monetizing that asset right now. Yeah, man. In addition to, like I say, just getting rents and everything, man, they got a lot of cool stuff going on out here with these apps, Airbnb, VRBO. And I found this thing called PeerSpace where I get to rent out my property, man, like to people who want to shoot movies, music videos, photos, and things like that. And um, for the past six months, man, I my house has just been like a, a movie studio, it seems like, man, because I got people coming in doing everything, and it's just insane. It pays a pretty penny. I'm really happy that I found it because it's like essentially been a like a new ATM for me, man. Anytime I need some extra cash, I just go to Peer Space and I can make three, four, five hundred dollars three, four hours easily. And the cool thing about it is it's like you don't have to own the property to do it. And on top of that, you don't have people staying overnight at your home. They come in for a few hours and you make money just like you would in the Airbnb without people having to stay. I'm putting out a course on it soon to show people how to do it and how to really like maximize it. So like um, you guys check that out when it does come out, turn on your notifications on my Instagram, Facebook and YouTube and you'll be able to get that. Man, yeah, I mean, it's super, I mean, you put me onto it. I didn't know it was a thing until you told me about it. And now we're looking at putting some of our Airbnbs also on PeerSpace because it's essentially, you can just rent a furnished space to somebody who may just want to use it for a couple of hours to do just like you said, shoot a video, maybe even just host a quick event or they have a meeting or something like that. And so if you've got a furnished space, it could be your space, it could be an Airbnb. I think it's just a really cool way to continue to monetize. Yeah, families host Thanksgiving dinner parties at your space. Maybe they don't have a big enough kitchen. They'll come and rent out the space. Like, it's just used for a lot of different cool reasons. And it's a very, very short-term rental that, like I said, you can maximize the profits on it without having to deal with people for as long as an amount of time. You know, can I just say something from a kind of an overall perspective of the thought just went through my head? As technology like Airbnb, Turo, PeerSpace starts to become more prevalent where it is easy to go find something to use that you used to have to own if you wanted to use it. Owning these assets becomes even more valuable. So if it's kind of like if you're the rapper who can't afford the Lamborghini and you can go rent the Lamborghini, well, the guy who owns the Lamborghini has a more valuable asset because it's not just him driving it. It's the rapper who wants to rent it for the video. But then when Turo comes out and anybody can rent a Lamborghini whenever, right now having a Lamborghini actually becomes a legit business because it's so easy for people to find you. Unique properties, really nice spaces, these type of assets will only become more valuable as it becomes easier to market them with these technologies like you're talking about right now, Andre. So I just kind of wanted to highlight that's one of the reasons you see the price of certain things that isn't going down. It keeps going up. It's because technology is making it easier to make it cash flow. Yep. And even just to like add to that, like how I was just telling you guys, I use my cash flow to buy these art pieces like and they go up in value. So the art pieces are one of the big attractions that draws people to my peer space. So they're even making me more money than going up in value. So like, you know what I mean? It's just like, man, it's just one big circle of just like money coming in you know what i mean when you do this stuff the right way man it's just it's insane but again it all starts with mindset and doing that first deal 
Yeah, I think that's great. You know, one of the points that you mentioned there, Andre, was what I call synergy. So once you start to get momentum, which is another concept, I know everybody always wants to hear, well, how do I just buy the house? Like you said, just what website do I go to to just get a house and write an offer and have it be easy? And they don't want to go through the grind, but that's why these deals are available because people don't want to put the grind in to get it. And then when you get it, it tends to be where they all sort of play off each other. Like what you're describing is I make money off of art. Then I teach people how to buy art. Then that brings them to my peer space. And then I make money off of renting out my property. Now I have more money coming in. So I have more for the down payment for the next property Then I get better at buying properties. And then agents said it to me before other people. And then the contractor calls me back first and gives me a better price. Like everything gets better as you build this momentum. And so many people at the beginning of the journey are sensing, well, it's, it's I must be nice. Wish I could be Andre and I could have what he has going on but he, you built momentum you were slinging cds out of the back of your car Man. right you were looking at everyone around you Man. that was having the success you wanted and being tortured by that buffet that you felt like i can't get a seat in that buffet i'm all around it i can smell it but i can't eat it right like you put in the grind and now that's why it's catching up to you, you look like you want to comment on that you just hit the nail like directly on the head like i said i was around guys who were in the nba winning nba championships like god when is it gonna be my turn like you had me here you have me around this like what are you trying to show me like something has to come from this like what the hell is going on because like you can't just be dangling this over my head and not like really like letting me have it like you know what I mean and then like I say when I had to like divert back and start the whole nine to five process all over again i'm like oh my god like me and god were really into it at that point it was just like dude i'm about to come up there and we're gonna fight like because you're really playing with my life <laughs> like you said david like there comes a time when you start to like just be able to breathe a little bit more and you can kind of see the light and you get the ball rolling and then you can just like really like pick up pace and it's just like oh man yes and um it comes like a point where you're just not in survival mode anymore, man. For a long time, I was in survival mode, just really trying to figure out how I was going to eat, how I was going to pay my bills, scrapping, trying to figure out how I would get my children the things that they need. And that mind frame doesn't allow you to think in abundance. It has you thinking in like, okay, I need to do this right now in order for me to eat today. Like it doesn't allow you to think generational wealth for the future because you're hungry right now. Your kids need stuff right now. Like, you know what I mean? You don't have the luxury of thinking for the future. I think once like you get past that like survival mode and that mindset changes and you have the the air to breathe and to be able to save a dollar, to save $2. Most people, they aren't even in a position to save 50 cent, $2 out of their check. Like, unfortunately, that's just a lot of people's circumstance. But when you're able to start doing that, man, it shows you that like, yo, this is possible. And the moment that you see this is possible, like growth becomes addictive. It's like the most addictive feeling in the world, like doing better, feeling better. It's a high that you just never want to come down from. And like, once you taste it and once you get it, like just a little bit of it, you want to keep going hard or keep going after it, man. And I understand like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant's drive. Like they just never got enough of the success. Like no matter how many rings they got, no matter how many Olympic gold medals they got, like there's just a high that comes with that. Like just a, an amazing feeling when you like, you know what I mean? You reach your goals and you like, you start making progress, man. And it's, it's really almost an indescribable feeling. It's, it's just your fork. I love that you shared that because I think the majority of people are trying to figure out how do I get to that point because they're just 
like eating that frog every day and they're not, yeah. they're not tasting what it can be like on the other side. I have this analogy that I describe what it's like when you're trying to have success as a real estate agent, but it applies to investing too. really probably anything in life. It feels in the beginning, like you're pushing this huge boulder up a hill and to just get one inch takes so much effort. Your calves are screaming, you're pouring sweat, everything's burning. You're asking yourself all the time. Is it worth it? Should I just let this rock go and let it roll down and give up everything I did? Cause it's not getting easier. And the boulder blocks your view of where you're trying to get to. You don't know when you're getting to the top of the hill. It could be 10 years from now. It could be 10 minutes. You, there's no way to know. Yep. And you just push and push and push. And you listen to this stuff and it keeps you encouragement to keep going. And you wonder like, is God with me? Is the universe with me? Is like, is it angry at me? Cause it's not easier, but what's happening as you're pushing is your muscles are being built. That is going to prepare you for when you actually get the success. At a certain point, you crest that hill and now it's sort of a flat plateau. So it's not as hard to push the rock, but you still got to push. It's not just happening on its own. It just isn't miserable. Like it was, you start building some momentum and at a certain point, you come to the the other side of the hill, the rock starts going down and then wealth starts coming at you so fast. Opportunities start coming at you so fast. Like the deals start flowing your way that you can't even keep up with them. Okay. So you're like running as fast as you can to keep up with that rock that you used to be pushing. And that's where you get to decide what you really want your life to look like. And the problem is you don't get to start going downhill. Everyone's journey starts going uphill and that's why nobody really follows it. But I really appreciate you sharing some of the details of what your story was like, Andre, for the listeners who are hearing this and they know what they want is to have be chasing a rock at some point in their life with an abundance of things they want. But right now they're just grinding. I think you needed to be in your room looking outside of everybody else playing for a couple of years because that's when you were being prepared. That was your uphill battle, right? That's when you're being prepared to handle what you have right now instead of immediately getting your first deal, selling it, making $80,000 profit and buying a room full of toilets, <laughs> right? And now you got to start back over. That rock went all the way down to the bottom. You got to start at the top. I really appreciate that. We're going to move on to the last segment of our show. It is the world famous Famous Four. This is a segment of the show where we ask every guest the same four questions, and we are going to alternatively throw them back at you. The first question is about a book. What is your favorite real estate book? It would probably be, like I say, a combination. And I don't know if they're necessarily real estate books. They're just like mindset and financial literacy books, but they do cover real estate. Like I said, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and Money Master the Game. They really like did it for me. They really put a lot into perspective for me. Um, Money Master the Game taught me a lot. And I won't just say Rich Dad, Poor Dad, just the Rich Dad, Poor Dad education, because, you know, there's a plethora of books that come with just that education. And I read them all. So like I started with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which was the mindset shift. And I like started going into the cash flow quadrants, you know, guide to investing that teaches you about like all of the different ways to invest in real estate, the tax sales, you know what I mean? The REITs, you know, all of these kind of different things. And the same thing with Money Master the Game. I just learned just like money in general with that book. That just book just really opened my mind up to investing, just not just real estate, but just like investing in general. And it also just like expanded my mind, like I say, to all of the different ways that I can invest in real estate and not just like buying like, um, you know what I mean? Residential property, just like, you know what I mean? Learning about commercial properties, learning about investing in real estate through the stock market, learning about investing through real estate, through just like group economics, just like through funds, like all of these different things that it would talk about. And it just like really, really blew my mind. So those two would probably be two favorites. Well, good. You're making my job easy because the second question was, what is your favorite business book? But sounds like Money Master the Game was, was probably what that was for you. <laughs> so we'll jump to question number three, which is what are your hobbies? 
Man, I like creating content, bro. I love creating content just based around, you know, my business and my brand. So I have a series called The Landlord Life, where I essentially bring people in on all of the just like the jobs and stuff that I do and the problems that I'm having as a landlord. Because again, I, I see the internet tend to make being a landlord and a, um, just Passive. involved in real estate. Yeah, they make it just like so glorified <laughs> and like so like glitzy and glamorous. So with this series, I just really like tell people the truth and let people in like, yo, I just had a $30,000 plumbing issue. My roof just caved in, like all of these different things. Like, yo, I'm tired of paying the plumber. So I'm going to go to Home Depot today and I'm going to buy me a rotter and I'm going to rot the toilet and the drains myself. Like just, and I'm giving people a real inside look at this stuff and I'm, um, you know what I mean, documenting it and um, videoing it. And at this point, I have about three seasons worth of content with that over like 40 episodes. Henry's actually guest on my series, The Landlord Life. So y'all check him out on season three. Uh, I believe it's episode two or three. He's on that one. And uh, yeah, man, just like really trying to learn and grow and build my businesses, networking with guys like you, you know what I mean? Now starting to come to like events like the Bigger Pockets Conference, things like that. I spend a lot of time where I'm doing a lot of investing in myself. That's how I like to hang out and just like the things I like to do as far as hobbies, man. Awesome. Okay. This is the money question, in my opinion. What do you think sets apart successful investors from those who give up, fail, or never get started? I think that's it. They don't ever fail, give up, and they get started. You know what I mean? I think that's that's the answer. Like, and that's in the question. Like people like myself. Like I never let my circumstances stop me. I never let things that I've gone through, any of the hurdles, just you know what I mean, any of the hard times, really like hinder me from achieving whatever goals that I wanted to achieve. Yeah, they might have slowed me down. Yeah, I might have had to take a break. Maybe I had to pivot, reevaluate some things. But the thing is, like, we just don't give up. I think that's the, the main thing that separates any winner from anybody that's not successful. Like, we don't give up. We keep going and we push through until we get the results that we want. Awesome. I love it, man. So tell us where people can find out more about you. Across all social media, I'm at Renaissance125, R-E-N-A-I-S-S-A-N-C-E-125. I'm sure that's going to be a hard spell for a lot of people, so I had to spell that out sometimes. Dude, that is one of those words for me. <laughs> you know, everybody has that word that they can't, no matter how many times they type it, they can't spell it right. Yeah. That's the one. I got to Google it every time. Yeah, so that's, that's me across all platforms, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. That's where, and uh, on a lot of different podcasts, you can find me on the Bigger Pockets podcast and a lot of different podcasts across the country. I've been doing a lot of speaking and I'm um, just doing a lot of events and stuff like that, man. Also, my website is www.therenaissanceu.com. I also have courses. I have a navigating NACA course where I teach the process and the tools and all of the stuff that I use to make it through the NACA program successfully, how I evaluated my deals through NACA, all of that kind of stuff. I also have an introduction to real estate course that kind of teaches people like all of the different ways to go out and attain real estate, how to evaluate different neighborhoods how to understand like when the market's going up or down, like just understand when is a good deal or a bad deal. Like a lot of different things. It's over 30 video modules over four hours worth of content. Again, I have my merch mindset matters where I'm just kind of like helping spread awareness about, you know, just mindset. It's not about your circumstances it's more so about your mindset, man. And also I have my book, man, Renaissance's five step guide on getting your together which is like i say the blueprint to my life and how i really like got on this journey and like really got my life together just looking to do a lot more speaking and a lot more helping and a lot more mentoring man and um i appreciate you guys for having me on and allowing me to you know what i mean tell my story get my word out there and just like tell people about my brand thank you mr andre
One of my favorite parts about your story is that if you wouldn't have had all that pain and frustration and carrot being dangled in front of you for so long, you literally wouldn't have a story to put in a book that people would want to read. You wouldn't have anything to say in a podcast like this. So I'm looking back. It, it always makes sense, right? When you're looking back at why God brought you through what he did, you're like, oh, I get it now. At the time, like you said, you want to fight a lot of the time. Like, why are you doing this to me? Why? But it does make sense. So for everybody in that same situation, hang on, keep doing your best. Keep pushing that boulder. It's going to get better. Thank you, Andre. Henry, where can people find out more about you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at the Henry Washington on Instagram. It's the, not the Henry. It's not like the Ohio State University. Yeah. I mean, I just, I try to play it down a little bit, David. I don't want people, you know, just, I'm not. You don't want to just completely overwhelm people with the splendor of who Henry Washington <laughs> is. Very humble. All right. Well, thank you. This is David Green for Henry. Never met a boulder he couldn't push Washington. Signing off. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam, instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.